Hey, brewery lovers. Welcome back to another episode of the DC Beer Show. This is going to be a fun one. This is a last-minute podcast. Normally, we record these in, uh, several days, weeks, even in advance. But now we're talking about Snallygaster. <laughs> so Snallygaster, as everyone who's listening to this podcast should know, is a beer festival you should attend. It's uh, coming up in just a few days. This will come out on Wednesday. And Snallygaster is on Saturday. And I am so fortunate to have in the studio with me, uh, I've got Sarah Jane Curran from the Beer Me podcast on Free State Radio. Full service radio. Full service radio. Recorded live at the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. You should show up for that. It's (laughs) awesome. And uh, Jacob Berg. Hello, everybody. Who is the editor at uh, dcbeer.com. And uh, as I say at the beginning of every episode, dcbeer.com is the place you should go to get the most comprehensive listing of every craft beer event happening in the DMV. And the biggest thing going on right now is Snallygaster, right? A couple of days now, Saturday, October 12th, Snallygaster. We are going to talk about the dcbeer.com power rankings of the over 400 beers that are going to be available to you at Snallygaster. All right. Let's dive right in because, damn, 400 beers. From over 150 brewers, and they changed the format this year, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So previously, you got, you know, Snally Bucks, which was a couple tickets, and each beer was worth, you know— Anywhere from like two to six or eight, you know, Snally tickets. Now your ticket, you buy it and you get unlimited pours, which I think is pretty exciting. You don't have to kind of think about, all right, what do I want to try? How many what more, can I afford? What can I afford? <laughs> How many tickets ticket. do I have? Now you just try everything. So I think all that's 400. All 400. <laughs> I think if you're trying all 400, you've got a different, you it's know, only what, 1,600 kind of ounces of beer? No, okay. But no, what we're here to do, <laughs> what we're here to do, is actually to help you figure out because you can't actually try 400 beers um, and enjoy them all. You can try it small. You can try 400 beers, but after a after a, after a few, you're not going to really know what you're tasting. So our our job here, and uh, also in the DC Beer Snallygaster Power Rankings, which will be out tomorrow on the website dcbeer.com, but. Uh, you will find out what we think you should try. So, Jake, I'm turning it over to you. Like, let's start with your top three beers. Give us the top three things you think everybody should try at Snallygaster. All right. So, I would say everyone should make time to try one of the German gravity cakes that NRG, Neighborhood Restaurant Group, is bringing in. Um, Whatever your pleasure, that's the one you should try. There are pilsners that have... Lovely hops added to the cask. There are your traditional Merzen, Oktoberfest-style beers, a little bit more malt. There are going to be some wheat beers if it's a nice sunny day on, on Saturday. Give, give one of those a whirl. But I would say I don't think you can go wrong with any of those. Mm-hmm. But any one of the German gravity kegs I think is definitely worth a shot. Um, so th- any one of those is going to be my top three. Okay. Can you, can you give us some specifics? Like uh, what, can, what, what should people be looking for when they walk in? Like, give me the signs, the names. Mars, yes. M-A-R-H-S. Um, just a tremendous traditional brewery. Uh, they do 
They use techniques that a lot of U.S. brewers don't use. Um, I'll nerd out and say one of them is uh, called decoction. Uh, what Ooh. they do is they remove part of the wort, pull it aside, boil it separately, and then add it back in. And it gives, I would say, a bit of a smoothness and a crispness. Um, you will hear in the parlance, crispy boys. Um, these <laughs> crispy are, boys. <laughs> these, these are the original crispy boys. Um, so, And this is Mars, M-A-R-Z, out of Chicago, right? Yes, M-A-R-Z out of Chicago. No, it's um, M-A-H-R out of Germany. M-A-H-R out of M- Germany? M-A-H-R bar out oh, of Germany. out of Germany. See, this is, that's what makes Snallygaster so amazing. Yeah. M-A-H-R out of Germany. Try their... I'd say Keller beer. Their Keller beer? Mm-hmm. Okay, M-A-H-R out of Germany. Yep. Try their Keller beer. Yeah. All right, what do you got, Sarah Jane? I am also of the same fandom... Um, but I'm definitely going after some pilsners that are usually not available in D.C. Snallagaster is a beautiful opportunity to try producers that don't usually make their way to the district. So, uh, for example, uh, Heater Allen, which is out of McMahonville, Oregon, they did a collaboration with um, Modern Times. And so those kinds of things are those collaborations don't necessarily make it here. Um, you don't see Heater Allen a lot in the area. And also another producer that I'm really excited about is Wolves and People. They're about 45 minutes outside of Portland, kind of in wine country. And they definitely don't make it to D.C. or even the East Coast that much. They're still a pretty small brewery. And the cool thing about that producer is he used to be a beer journalist. He's written books and he's like beer journalist turned. Wait, who is he? Just Oh, Christian Dibonetti. Okay, thanks. Um, Christian Dibonetti. So sorry. Um, So he kind of became a brewer and he's brewing beers that usually take brewers, you know, there's a certain level of quality that you don't get in such a fast pace. And he's he's already got there um, with not a lot of brewing experience before he got started. So they have a uh, grisette with boysenberries that I'm pretty jazzed to try. All right. Say the name of the brewery again. Wolves and People. Wolves and People. Yep. Outside of Portland. Yep. And the grisette. Um, yep. And then there's also a uh, producer in Illinois called Scratch Brewing Company. They are bringing a Saison with carrots. <gasps> yeah. Which I find, I, I have no idea how it's going to taste. And that's that's the beauty of it. Is I've, I've just been, trying it. Just trying right? it. Right, like experimenting yeah. with it. Because Saison, you know, the yeast that you typically use, you get stone fruit, a little bit of white pepper, and to kind of mix carrots with that. It, it, it really well, the sounds like it works. Well, carrot like, yeah. sounds like it could really be interesting. I know. A, yeah. No, you think of um, saisons and occasionally you'll see a brewery add fruit to it. Mm-hmm. Um, carrot has a sweetness mm-hmm. that it just might work. Um, I'll also add that Scratch operates a very large farm, and so their beer really is truly farm beer. Farm fresh beer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're out there in southern Illinois. They're farming and they're foraging. Uh, they brought a sumac IPA to the craft beer, uh, the craft brewers conference here in 2017. It was absolutely phenomenal. Wow! All right. And so I think I think Scratch is certainly one to look for. Mm-hmm. Um, I would second Wolves and People as well. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. What in the IPA range? And IPAs like, yeah, whatever. Okay, we can like have a whole conversation about IPAs. But there's a lot of IPAs coming to. There's town, a lot so. of IPAs. In fact, so. 
I went through the Excel spreadsheet of all 400 beers, and I actually did a tally of all hazy IPAs. Um, all really, yes, like every one, every single one. How many were there? A hundred, hundred, yeah. 100. So we're looking at hundred. Fully one fourth of the list yes. is some either hazy pale ale, hazy IPA, yeah. double hazy. And then I did a tally of all sour beers with adjuncts. That means additions to the right. beer, yeah. and that's okay. one hundred and ten. Wow, another quarter, another right quarter, there. and then uh, stouts of either barrel-aged or adjunct, and that's another 55. So you have 265 beers. Of the 400 are those three styles. Everything Just else- Just hazy IPAs. Yeah, hazy IPAs, sour, sour beer with adjunct, with adjunct, or stout with bar- barrel-aging or adjuncts. Okay. So and everything dominates. else, yeah, dominates. Everything else is uh, wine, cider, um, or some other style. And that's why I'm gravitating towards the other styles. Well, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense, right? Like, so yeah. that's that's what you're going to see the most of. So mm-hmm. if you're going to see the most of that, and again, from a, the perspective of somebody just showing up, like, I want to try some beer, yeah. that's that's our job here, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, what, do you, what should you try? So if three out of every four things you see are these, then I think we're doing, yeah. we're, we're, we're actually providing a service, but like, okay, let's focus on these. Yeah. Because... Somebody's going to be like, oh, I want a cider. And frankly, uh, you're going to have some choices there. But I'm glad we're I'm glad we've like narrowed this down yeah. to just sort of these are the three sort of dominant styles you're going to see this year at Snallygaster. All right. So what's next? So I'd say the question really is, is which IPA should I be drinking? Mm-hmm. Given that at some point during the festival, you're probably going to have an IPA. And I would say the ones that you want to look for are the ones that you don't normally see here. So something like, say, Great Notion out of Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. They've been making a name for brewing New England-style hazy IPAs on the West Coast. Same thing is true of Monkish out of of California. Mm -hmm. Things that you're not going to see normally around here. And that's no disrespect to, say, an other half or an Aslan. Right. You know, breweries that are really known for making these kinds of beers— You'll see those breweries elsewhere mm-hmm. in D.C. within the next month or so. Yeah. Uh, right. But Monkish, this is your, this is your opportunity as, as, a, as a connoisseur or a lover of craft beer to sort of try these things that you're not normally going to get. So there's, a, there's these IPAs coming out of the West Coast that you can't normally get. What's the IPA that you're most looking forward to, Sergey? I am looking forward to any IPA coming out of Maine Beer Company. Just, mm. yes, we get it in D.C. However, you don't always find it in D.C. at its freshest, mm-hmm. um, depending on, you know, where you're purchasing as right, far as, right. you know, realtor kind of situation. And there's also the selection. There are only certain ones that come, you know, to D.C. Um, the selection that they're coming with are a couple of beers that you don't typically see. I'm a little foggy on the names right now. But basically anything that they're bringing is going to be as fresh as humanly possible. So if you're an IPA fan, go find mm-hmm. Maine IPA yeah. and like, like figure out where they are mm-hmm. in the map of Snallygaster and like get there. Get, yeah. there. get there quick and early. What about you, Jacob? Uh, what I, do you would, got? I would say that the IPAs coming out of Vermont that are being brought in, mm-hmm. in particular Foam is, I think, a Foam? Ver- foam. Mm-hmm. Um, a, they've been in D.C. for one-off events before. Greg Engert from Churchkey has, has right. brought them in. Uh, but I think that they're a bit more balanced, a little bit less yeasty than some of the other hazy IPAs out there. Um, I do have like a separate 
uh, Snallagaster rant about <laughs> how, do, how right. do you disaggregate and tell all of these hazy IPAs apart? I feel like with the fruited sours, of which, you know, that may, they make up a, another quarter of a list, mm-hmm. there's something th- to be said for house character and that, say, an Allagash sour is mm-hmm. going to taste uh, something like there's a yeast profile there um, in a way that you go, oh, this tastes like a certain place, a certain brewery, and I don't get that sense with a lot of the hazy IPAs. Right. Right. Okay. Well, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's mm-hmm. talk. About, let's talk a little bit about the sours. Yeah. That uh, that we're going to be able to try at Snallygaster. So, I mean, the thing <laughs> <laughs> that the, was expressive. That was very expressive. The, <laughs> the thing is, okay. So there are, of course, especially if you're in the VIP uh, docket, or if you're really passionate, there will be lines for Dreyfontaine as well as Cantillon. These are the top two. Dreyfontaine and, yeah, and Cantillon. And Cantillon right? out, yeah. of, out of Belgium. And there's a reason for that. These are the greatest producers, arguably the greatest producers in the world. Um, so, yes, I think that's worth it. If you've never had either, I think it is worth experiencing. All right. Yeah, um, I would second that. And then I guess I would add that if you don't want to wait in that line or mm-hmm. if you're not in VIP and you're worried about those things kicking, um, Tilquin is also there. Yep. And they're another f- just absolutely phenomenal producer. of Tilquin? Go- yes, of Goose and Lambic. All right. Tell everybody about what you know about Tilquin. I believe that Tilquin, I don't know if they actually brew. I believe that they purchase from a – They blend. Yes. That's that's why I wanted to dig into this. It's a little bit different, right? They're they're a blendery. Mm -hmm. And so they're purchasing the wort that's been inoculated with um, various bacterias and yeasts and whatever flies in through – the air, windows. yeah, <laughs> through, through yes, yes, um, yeah, it's through all yes, natural. yeah, through yeah. the open windows, and then really what they're doing is they're they're adding fruit, they're barreling it, they're aging it, mm-hmm. and much like what I think U.S. audiences have seen with say someone a brewery like Firestone Walker in terms of blending, they're going for a certain flavor profile, and I think they probably right. won't be as highly sought after in terms of lines. Mm-hmm. As Cantillon, so that's a, that's a good Fontaine. place. To, that's a yeah. place, good yeah. place to go. But I think right? I think I think Tilquin's beers are every bit the equal of of the other two, and are okay. certainly worth tasting for sure. Um, and I also think that the selection of anything from Hills Farmstead, of course, um, out of Hill Vermont, Forest, so, yeah, yeah, Vermont, um, out of Vermont, you know, whatever they bring, definitely try to get some because yeah. okay. you, you you don't get it outside of uh, Vermont. So Yeah. The one from Hill Farms that I'm going to shout out is Clara. It's a, Oh, they're mixed fermentation yeah. grisette. Right. It's a mixed fermentation grisette. It's clocking in at about 4% or so. Really? Um, so so it's, it, yes. Um, it's a little light. Yeah. A little, a little light. Um, it's going to be a nice palate cleanser because it's, it's, it's got that mixed fermentation, very dry profile. It's going to be kicking off like an awful lot of sort of like lemon, lemon pithy notes to it. It's just a, it's a magnificent beer. And at, you know, at four, it, at 4%, if you wanted to, you could, you could spend the, a lot of time drinking it. And it's, yeah. a, it's a nice balance. Like everybody who's listened to this podcast has heard me talk about beer math a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's a nice mid midday kind of like okay yeah. now let's move to something that's four percent so okay it's a it's, it's something to definitely keep in mind with beer festivals though and right you know just because you can start off the day with like 10 percent 14 percent nine percent you know you got to be careful it catches right. up with you and you well, gotta you gotta be a 
cognizant enough to. And there's a difference between. I'm, I'm getting off topic a little mm-hmm. bit from the beer, but there is a when you talk about beer festivals, I think. There's two different kinds of beer festival attendees, right? There are the yeah. people who are coming to really try beers and mm-hmm. there are really coming there, – there are other people who are coming to try to get the maximum amount of alcohol for the dollars they've spent. Yeah. And um, if your goal is to get the maximum amount of alcohol for the dollars you've spent, mm-hmm. you should stop listening to this podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have – so I have, a, I have a tried and true strategy for beer festivals when I need to try as much beer as possible. I load up on – carbs before I go. So uh-huh. I eat, I lay a base, right? <laughs> when I show up and I get my glass, my first beverage in that glass is a water rinse. And then I drink that glass of water because I don't know what's, you know, the dust may have collected mm-hmm. in that glass sure, or whatever. Sure. And you get that glass of water in and you start slow and you kind of build it up. Yeah. I have <laughs> I have a, a strategy that's, that's very much glass of beer, four ounces, mm-hmm. glass of water, glass of beer, glass of water. It doesn't yeah. work. I just, I'll tell you that now. Like it's, a, <laughs> it's, Something to aspire to, beer, water, beer, water. It doesn't yeah. always work, but uh, but it helps slow the pace a little bit. And uh, you do have to be careful. Like if you really are there to try beer, mm-hmm. it's really easy to get to the point where you're no longer actually tasting beer. You're just drinking beer. And there's a big difference between that. So if you, if you do the beer math and you're like, okay, I'm having a 4% now, I can – have a 10% after that, and then I can go back to a 6%, and then I need to have a glass of water, maybe walk around a little bit. But um, the value of knowing the ABV of beers Mm -hmm. really does help you sort of pace yourself through trying a lot of different beers. Um, So it's it's always good when we can recommend sort of like, yeah, it's 4%. You should totally try this beer. (laughs) It's 4%, but try it. All right, so we've we've talked about IPAs, we've mm-hmm. talked about sours. Mm-hmm. What else we got? Well, I guess since you mentioned top three, one of the ones I want to shout out is probably where I'm going to be first, and that is um, wherever Perennial is pouring barrel aged Abraxas. Mm. Uh, it's a very big beer. It's what is it? Must be something like in the area of twelve, 12 or, yeah. or or thirteen uh, percent. It's brewed with. Ancho chilies and cinnamon. They're trying to mimic the flavor of mole. Yes. Is it really? Is yeah. that what after? So there's like chocolate and all kinds of flavors that you would typically find in a traditional Oaxacan mole. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And there'll be, there'll be a handful of beers that are similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, Perennials Abraxas is the most balanced of them. It's the one that you want to take multiple sips of and come back to for more. Some of the other quote-unquote pastry stouts that are here um, might be a little bit syrupy, a little thick, a little gloppy. Yeah, this one is just, Yeah, this one is really well put together. It's balanced. It's smooth. It obviously, it has the same ABV as a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, but if it's... Yes. But if the but, flavor if yeah. the flavor supports it, it's yeah. worth the ABV, right? Yeah. If you're gonna queue up for beer, um, much like Cantillon mm-hmm. and Lambics, that's one I think worth queuing up for. So the perennial perennial barrel aged Abraxas. Abraxas. You'll see Abraxas every so often. Mm-hmm. Barrel aged Abraxas, uh, uh, much okay. less so. So Let's this has spent be some clear. time. This in is the barrel barrels. aged Abraxas. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So yeah, picture all, all that mole and then you know throw a little whiskey in there. It's important to understand, like it's challenging sometimes because the names of beers and the taxonomy of beer can be really, really confusing often. 
So, I mean, we're we're kind of having this conversation. We're drinking Bellis Point Sculpin IPA, but then there's mm-hmm. the grapefruit IPA, and then there's the watermelon IPA, and there's a there's like multiple multiple Bellis Point IPAs. So, the point is, what I want to make sure that listeners understand is there's some specificity mm-hmm. in what's available at Snallygaster and what we're recommending here that isn't just like the Abraxas barrel aged, barrel aged Abraxas yeah. is what we're recommending right now. And you can get it at Snallygaster and you should go and try it. But if you see Abraxas at, you know, your local craft beer store, it, we're not talking about the same thing. And that's, yeah. I want to be really clear because it's, it's hard for listeners sometimes I've learned in the two years I've been this show. <laughs> it's really, really hard sometimes because they're just like, well, we tried this thing and it wasn't what you said it was. And it was like, oh, well, that's... There's a variation on that thing, and that's what we're talking about. Okay. Although, to be fair, if you see just regular Braxis at your beer store, you get should, it. Yeah, you should, you should, you should buy it, and then when the pies come out at Thanksgiving, you should open that beer and you should drink it with the pie. Excellent. Yes, absolutely. All right. So, I'm going to make two points here. Yeah. And I'm going to draw a line in the sand a little bit. First and foremost, Uh-oh. the barrel aged adjunct heavy stouts. Those are not my jams. Really? They never have been. There are a handful of them that I enjoy, and I am one of the rare people that does not get excited about a Braxis. Really? Really. <gasps> I respect it. I respect it. And I, <laughs> I, I think Perennial makes some really great beers. Um, I think their Saison is, is excellent. However, it's not my jams. So, and I don't okay. get excited about. It. I would no, never. No, I would no, never no. like it, seek it out. Everybody has a yeah. personal sort of like space that yeah. they live in. And that's and him. that's the point I want to make is that you know we come out with these power rankings. We are sitting here recommending beers to you. If you go out and you try Cantillon, and it is arguably the best lambic in the world, and you don't like it, it's fine. Totally. You're not less of a beer fan because you don't like Cantillon. No, no, no. This yeah. is all subjective. Yeah. Like everything we do in the entire beer world is yeah. subjective, right? Um, so Except the German stuff. If you don't like gravity kegs, <laughs> yeah. Then, if you don't yeah. like yeah, gravity yeah, yeah, kegs from yeah, Germany, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's a problem. If Miller um, Lite is the top of your beer, yeah, you should probably not I, listen. To this yeah, but no, I, I, I did, I did comb through that section, and I did find one that I was excited about. Tell us about it. And that is Fremont. Um, that is uh, the Rusty Nail. This is a bourbon barrel-aged stout with cinnamon and licorice. Ooh. And licorice is a tough I know, adjunct, man. I know. And I, when I first read about it, um, I, maybe two years ago is when I first had it, but I was like, Ugh, no, not my, <laughs> not my cup of tea. Yeah. Um, but I, I tried it, and uh, it's so well done. Really? So well done. The licorice isn't overpowering. The cinnamon's not overpowering. Everything is just kind of this perfect dance between the vanilla and the cinnamon and the licorice. And there's like some other kind of cool flavors in there that are kind of hard to describe, almost like mushroomy a little bit. But like, no, Wait. in a good way, in a good way, in a good way, in a good way. <laughs> but um, licorice and fungus. It's, mm. it's, I know, but like it, it's. But no, no, no. It's, it's a complexity of flavor, yeah, right? And it's, like, yeah. And it begs to be paired with food. Um, and I think maybe two years ago it was paired with food at Savor. Um, okay. But when I saw that on the list, I was really excited about okay, that. Tell, what's the name of it again? Just Fremont Brewery. Um, the beer is called the Rusty Nail. The Rusty Nail from Fremont Brewery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out of Seattle, Washington. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to do that stuff. Yeah. I mean – when you when you're in the scene, like you just na- name breweries, and and I try to make sure that the listeners who don't necessarily know all every brewery of the seventy five hundred breweries 
in the U.S. know all of that stuff. So uh, licorice and mushrooms. <laughs> no, 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 no. It oh. sounds like something I would really be interested in yeah. personally. Like the, that, the complexity of flavor sounds yeah. really interesting. It's, it's not like mushroom. It's, it's like an umami quality. It's that, uh, it's that that's, meaty Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meaty it's, quality. it's that meaty quality, yeah, which like, is yeah. personally one of the flavors in beer. Um, when you can do that umami flavor in a beer, oh, that's really nice. That's yeah. really uh, – it almost completes a beer for me, but anyway. But when I see like a listing where it's like bourbon barrel aged stout with cocoa nibs and vanilla and Hostess cupcakes and all these other things, like I cannot. It's like an involuntary Tina Fey eye roll. I can't right. help myself. Right, right. Well, there's a, there's a certain um, psychologically, it's it's all about uh, priming, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you tell people what a beer is going to taste like, they will taste what you tell them a beer is going to taste like. But if you just let people taste a beer, they will taste all kinds of amazing things. Yeah. And then – and they may love it or they may hate it. But, but because flavor profiles are, are subjectives, right? Jacob, you can drink a beer and I can drink a beer and we can – you can love it and I can hate it. Yeah. And I mean it so much depends on you know, where you are that day, what, what it, you had to eat. A couple hours before right, that. Exactly, yeah. right? Like if I had a pepperoni pizza and tried this beer and, and you had a tuna fish sandwich, how that's going to affect our flavor profile is different. Um, so it's, it's, it's really interesting to be able to try things that you normally would be like, by the description, either really interested in or really averse to, right? And then you taste it and either that priming – by the description is has has changed your profile or expanded your profile. So I try to avoid having that. I don't like reading about a beer before I drink it. Do you yeah. do you guys agree? Like no, I mean if there's like a little descriptor on the bottle or on the menu. Like basic stuff yeah. is fine, right? Yeah. Like it's hoppy, it's a, 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 but yeah, you can go overboard. Like you said, like when it's just like, oh, it's like cocoa nibs and ancho chilies and da da da. Then I then I have an expectation in my mind that yeah. doesn't necessarily always match. Also, um, I'm like, and at what point can I taste your ability to brew a proper stout? And that matters, right? Because yeah. if it's a stout, I want a stout. Speaking of stouts, <laughs> then let's get off of my personal. <laughs> <laughs> so are there some malt heavy uh beers that you guys will recommend to yes. guest or attendees? Let's talk about that. There's not that many <laughs> <laughs> oh, available. Let's talk briefly about um it. <laughs> no no no, but there's there is one that I have never had before and I'm really jazzed to try it. Um it's from Fontaflora Brewing. Uh this is out of North Carolina and Fontaflora is not something you can commonly find in DC. A couple of times they brought it in with Energy Neighborhood Restaurant Group. Right, right, right. So they're serving a mixed fermentation kvass with strawberries and sumac and kvass is a Slavic beer, very kind of old style of beer and it originated in Russia, I think. Um and basically this is a this was kind of like their kombucha. It was started, you know, you you use rye bread as kind of the starter. Um, and so it's definitely very malty because the base is rye bread. Um, so it's also like a little spicy. And I think the addition of strawberries and sumac will be really interesting because sumac is a kind of a, a spice that is derived from these little berries that kind of look like pink peppercorns and they have kind of a lemony quality to them. Uh, 
right? Yeah, I would say that. Um, and then, you know, using strawberries, I, you know, it's one of those situations where I, I kind of hope somebody is there from the brewery so I can be like, how did you incorporate the strawberries? Are they fresh? Are they freeze dried? Are they, are they dried? Are they candied? Like what, did you just use strawberry puree? Right, strawberry yeah, juice? Yeah, just like, saying I we need put to... strawberries in this beer yeah. is not a simplistic there's a lot of questions that yeah. you have yeah. to ask. When, when did you add them? How, how many? <laughs> how many? What was their form? Like, yes. were they frozen? Yeah. Were they freeze-dried? Were they fresh? Like, yeah. But I'm picturing kind of like a beer that's going to taste like like breakfast toast with strawberries on it. Like, that's kind of what I'm, it's kind I'm of what I'm hoping for. Now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about you, Jay? Um, I'm going to shout out a brewery that is relatively local, but they're doing a style that you don't see very often, much to my chagrin. Um, so you mentioned licorice and mushrooms. I have another divisive style for you, and that's <laughs> Roush oh, beer. Um, Roush beer. Yeah. So it's my favorite. I'm yeah. a my favorite fan. <laughs> like a, a beer made with a certain portion of smoked malt mm-hmm. and Wait. union out of Baltimore right. is, is bringing their beer, Schmoke, which is Schmoke. A, a playoff ex-Baltimore mayor, Kurt Schmoke, as Schmoke. well as right. a smoked beer. And that's not something that we're going to see very often, even though Union is just an hour up the road. Um, also worth pointing out that their brewer used to be stationed in Germany. And so right. um, when he was in the military, and he probably knows a thing or two about Rausch beers based on his time we're doing We're doing an episode of DC Beer Show uh, in a few weeks with uh, Union. To, and we'll definitely talk about that. But Do I'm going to interrupt. I'm yeah. going to interrupt for just a moment because mm-hmm. I'm sitting with two of the top beer experts in the entire DMV mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. <laughs> like, you, you, like this is what's happening, right? Um, and every single person in this room, all three of us, really love rock beers, and love nobody's it. doing rock beers. Oh, Port City does a killer rock beer. Yes. In uh, fact, Port City is bringing is there... their Rausch Marzen, which yeah. is a partially smoked Oktoberfest-style beer. Right. Yeah. Um, it's draft only, but it's part of the rotating lager series. It will be there as well. Uh, you should obviously go drink that, but that will be on tap at various area establishments beyond Snallygaster. Outside of going up to Baltimore and going to Union to get their Roush beer, I don't know when DC is going to be seeing it. Wait, actually, uh, Blue Jacket is going to be pouring their Roush beer that they did in collaboration with uh, Beer Stout Lager House out of Denver. Okay. I'm going to, I'm interrupting. We're excited. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm totally excited about this, but I want to, I want to pull us back and like we're focused on Snally Gaster, but like seriously, I'm bringing you guys in and we're going to do a Roush beer. We're doing it's, it's, I, would, I would argue it's like my favorite, I'm favorite not, style. I don't understand why nobody else talks about Ralph Beers the it way just, I want to talk about Ralph It goes so well with food. It's just, Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. But let's bring it, let's bring it back right. in. Um, so there's going to be Ralph Beer from, from Port City. And, and Union. And, and Union, Blue Jacket. Yes. And Blue Jacket. Yeah. With, in collaboration with Bierstadt Lager House in um, uh, Denver. Okay. I will add here that um, Bierstadt Lagerhaus is the place where when you land in Denver for the the Great American Beer Festival, which Mm -hmm. just happened, every brewer's first stop is Bierstadt Lagerhaus. For their slow pour pills? Yes. To get a slow pour pills, Mm -hmm. they are bringing slow pour pills to Snally as well. (gasps) And so just to tie... They have these snazzy, cool, like, plastic, like... Pilsner glasses with these yeah. cute little footed like coasters. And, like, it's like very Art Deco it's with some so, decorations. At, it's so at, cool. At wait, 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 wait. So. Uh, pull, pull us back. Like, <laughs> d- tell tell the listeners exactly what they need to do to make this happen because this is part I think now because of the way you described it, Jake. Mm-hmm. Every single person who goes to Snally Gaster should have this experience. Like, yeah. So go to Bierstadt, Bierstadt Lager House, House. <laughs> and you're asking for the slow pour pills. 
they're going to bring a lot of the breweries here will bring something like a jockey box, like a modified Coleman cooler that they're pouring sure. beer out of. Yeah. Um, Bierstadt Lagerhouse is either going to bring or borrow someone's uh, specially designed slow pour beer tap. And so there's an extra valve on the side that yep. allows you to control the amount of carbonation and foam. It's very popular in the Czech Republic. Uh-huh. Um, it is not very popular here. Outside I think they of do it at Silver, they do it at yeah. Silver, Silver Branch. Branch. Yes. Silver Branch yes. pulls this off beautifully, yeah. yes. by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, so, Silver Branch does this, and if you can't obviously get it at Snally, you should definitely go up to Silver Branch and have yourself a Silver so, Pills. Can we really quick talk about why Silver Pills is important? Yes. And, and yeah, what yeah, it means. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Let's go into this. Let's go into this because I want people to understand yeah. why this is a value. I think slow pour, I'm going to get really philosophical. Slow pour pills, I think, is a really good um, analogy for how you should approach life. With patience. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm sorry. Like, this is not about beer anymore. Like, everybody <laughs> s- sit down, cross your legs. Um, yeah. And by the way, I think this is important. You should do this. Like, yeah. sit down, s- cross your legs, Slow down. and listen for a moment about why slow pour. Slow pour pills is important. Take us on this journey, Sergey. So slow pour pills needs patience and appreciation. And so basically, as my buddy here described... Um, This is poured through a special faucet. So the idea being is you pour right down the center of the glass. You're not tilting it. um, And you allow the foam to really expand. And then you let it sit and you let it settle for a minute. And then you continue to do that again and again. And the idea being is that you end up with a product where the foam is very stable. With each time you do that, it, it, it doesn't harden, but it gets a little more formidable. Um, So you end up with this really kind of beautiful uh, pillowy foam on top. And the foam is where all those aromatics are. It's where you kind of get the essence of the beer. By doing that, along with the combination of the faucet, you're taking away a little bit of that carbonic bite that you typically get with that style of beer. So the body is a little more mellow. And then because the process could take up to five to seven minutes – the beer is a little warmer, and, and as the beer warms, again, you get more aromatics uh, coming out. So it's the purest, most beautiful form of a pilsner, and you get to appreciate it for all its biscuity goodness. Amen. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, that's poetry. Um, but, and I will tell you that, that if you want to experience that and you can't make it to Snally Gastro, go to Silver Branch in Silver Spring, Maryland, mm-hmm. and tell them— that you want, um, oh, what's the term for it? Slow pour pills. Yeah, no, they have, there's, uh, oh, well, like if oh, you want they... mostly foam, then you can order it like Milko, for example. Exactly. That's, oh, that's yeah. what yes. I was looking for. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, okay. like, so if like, you really you want to experience. You can do a half cut, for example. Like you can do yes. a half cut, you can do Milko all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but here's what I will tell you. Um, as a regular at Silver Branch, mm-hmm. Tell them you want a Milko and you want it done right, and they will make sure that the person who's pouring that beer knows how to pour it the way you, Sergey, just described it. And you can get it in every of the – there are different levels of mm-hmm. how much of that foam you want. But um, it's it's actually worth the experience of going someplace. And there's – I think Silver Branch is the only place I know that does it yeah. locally effectively. But at Snallygaster, there are, a, there are a number of brewers from the Czech Republic who can do that really nicely for you. All right. Let's talk really, really quick about mm-hmm. line beer. Yeah. Let's talk about line beer. Okay. Like what should you get and then go get in line for something else? Right, because there are going to be lines mm-hmm. for a beer that you want. 
Yes. And so what you should do is grab a pour of something that you'd like mm -hmm. that is nice and easy drinking where you can hang out in line. While you're waiting to get something yes. exceptional. Yes, while you're waiting for the hashtag whales and all of that fun stuff. All right, so top line beers. Um, Black Narrows Brewing Company from Chincoteague. From Chincoteague. Oh, they're yes. so good. So good. They have a, a pale lager with heirloom corn called How About It? And then the other one is a Single Cut from Astoria, Queens, the finest of the boroughs. Um, Astoria, Queens. Astoria, Queens. No, that's just my commentary on Queens. I think it's the <laughs> finest of all the boroughs as someone who lived there. Um, but my brother also used to live in Astoria since we can yeah. shout this sort of thing out. Right. I think um, we, can, we can monetize this. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> we can be AstoriaBeer.com. AstoriaBeer.com. Um, so Single Cut, they started with a Pilsner that actually doesn't usually come down here, but they're known for their IPAs. Their IPAs are outstanding. But um, they're bringing a Kolsch down, and I have not had their Kolsch, and I'm really, really? really excited about that. Okay. So I'm excited for those two Astoria, for line beers. Kolsch, okay. Yeah, because they're low ABV, they're easy drinking, and they're made perfectly. Or I assume that the Kolsch, if it follows its brethren, was made perfectly. We'll assume. I'm going to take a short jaunt on the BQE, the Brooklyn Queens Expressway, over to Three's <laughs> Brewing. Three's Brewing! Yes. I know Three's Brewing. And so awesome. they have a Pilsner called Vlet, which is an absolutely phenomenal beer. Uh, just a really well done Pilsner. Uh, easy drinking, yet complex. Each sip a little bit different. Um, really nice herbal use of hops. Good carbonation, nice little bit of cracker and biscuit to it, like a really good beer that you can drink in line. And then again, I will shout out, there are so many German beers here. Just grab any one of those okay. and then get in line for, you know, your Tilquin, your Abraxas, your Cantillon, your Hill Farmstead, what have you. Okay. Let's wrap this up. Okay. So I want each of you to give the listeners the top five beers mm -hmm. from each of you that you think our listeners should try to get a hold of at Snally Gaster. And then all of this, of course, for our listeners will be uh, put into our Snally Gaster power rankings, which, uh, you'll, which will be out tomorrow. So, okay. It's exciting. Sir Jane, what do you <laughs> got? I would say definitely Fremont, the Rusty Nail. Uh, Hill Farmstead, Clara. I would say the Marzen from Modern Times and Heater Allen collaboration. Uh, Fontaflora, uh, mixed fermentation kvass with strawberries and sumac. And the Rausch beer collaboration between Blue Jacket and Bierstadt Lagerhouse. Okay. Jake? All right. I want to go with um, Scratch Blueberry Hyssop. I believe that's how you pronounce it, mm -hmm. um, from their farm, their blueberries and their forged right. hyssop, okay. a, a sour ale, the Wolves and People River Island, which is a barrel-fermented saison with fresh hops, um, and it is hop-picking season, Perennials Barrel-Aged Abraxas, um, I'm not really one for waiting in line, and um, Whales and Pastry Stouts, but this one I really think is worth the hype. I'm a big Roush beer fan. There won't really be a line for that because the only three people in D.C. who really like that style are sitting in this <laughs> room, room right now. Yeah, talking right now. <laughs> um, Penn Druid out of Sperryville, yes. Virginia, um, is pouring one of their barrel-aged wild ales, um, entirely spontaneous, 
maybe th- between them and Jester King, as close as you'll get to a Belgian-style goose or lambic in the United States. And so um, that is Pendruids, and I believe it's called Three, just Roman numeral one, two, three. All right. So this episode, if you're listening to this right now, you're theoretically listening to this two days before Snallygaster occurs. Many of you will listen to this after Snallygaster has <laughs> occurred, and frankly, I'm really sorry. But but for those of you, is there anything else you want? You think people should really know about how to manage the Snallygaster experience? I think something that we should know. So I, I used to work for a neighborhood restaurant group. Um, and it's a massive, massive undertaking. This festival starts planning like for the next year, the day it's done. Yeah. Um, and there are countless, countless people who make it happen. Logistically speaking, it's a nightmare mm-hmm. um, between electricity and water and porta potties and food trucks and all kinds of things. They're there. I mean, most of the people that are really in it slept in their cars like on the site. Um, there are hundreds of volunteers making it happen. It's a massive, massive undertaking. So if you see somebody in a Snally shirt or somebody who is clearly volunteering or working there, be nice. Say thank you. I think um, that really goes a long way. Um, the other point is beer festivals are a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to come together as a beer community. And it's a happy, joyous thing. So also be nice to each other. Be good. No, I think that be excellent to each other is very good advice, whether it comes from us or from Bill and Ted. Or modern times. Yes, or or modern times. Um, people worked very, very hard um, to, to bring us together. Um, if you're taking a ride share or a cab or metro, please be nice to those people as well. Um, if you're coming into the city, welcome to D.C. It's uh, walk left, stand right. Please do not vomit on the metro or in people's cars or cabs and that sort of a thing. We're getting real. Yeah. (laughs) But in general, we're here to have fun. There's no wrong way to do a beer festival. You should walk around, soak it all in. Everyone here has a plan um, with regards to, well, I'm going to go over here and go over there and drink this and drink that. You're probably going to come across something that you didn't know you liked. And then you'll like it. And that is pretty cool. As much as I respect checking into Untapped and getting your beers logged in and everything like that, I totally respect that. Take a moment, get up from your phone, look around. You're going to see a beautiful mix of people. You're going to be right on Pennsylvania Avenue. It's supposed to be a beautiful day, fingers crossed. Be present. Yeah, I think that's the best advice I could give folks. Like, It's not about drinking beer. It's about exploring the taste it's about exploring the the pantheon of a particular human culinary product, like something we've invented, we've created as human beings that we can all enjoy, um, that has an almost infinite variety of flavors and textures and experiences. And so don't just come to drink a lot of beer. Come to experience what we can create from grain and water and yeast and 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 all and, the lactose your body can <laughs> possibly no, handle. No. But but like come to experience this. If if you're coming to just get drunk, then there's there are plenty of opportunities. But there's a, there's a whole 
human experience around beer. And, and frankly, Snallygaster is really an opportunity to experience that human creation of a, this, this amazing beverage that we call beer. Uh, so come and enjoy it. All right. Off my soapbox. <laughs> Thank you guys both for showing up uh, for the DC Beer Show to talk about Snallygaster, to talk about our Snallygaster power rankings. These will all be available uh, on web- the website tomorrow. Make sure you try these breweries. Uh, and if you have any questions, you know, you can always find us at DC Beer on all the social medias, dcbeer.com. Uh, to find out everything happening in the craft beer scene in the DMV. Sarah Jane Kahn, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. This was great. Make sure that you listen to uh, Beer Me on... Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. What day is your... Um, It is now Sundays at 3 p.m. We record live, (gasps) but um, it's available anywhere that you have podcasts. All right. And Jake, the editor at dcbeer.com, you'll see... Dozens of uh, <laughs> articles written and edited by Jake every really week. Really well written, I would say. Oh, yeah. thank you, Jake. Yeah. Uh, DCBeer.com for all of the uh, current events happening in the DMV related to DC beer, related to craft beer in the DMV. Always remember, drink good beer. <laughs> <laughs>